Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, I want to propose a proposition to you today that it's not what you make that makes a difference in your life, not how much you make financially. It's what you do with what you make that makes a difference. And I'm going to share with you this little article somebody sent me, which started me thinking about all this. It says, uh, our analysis team at Pigotti.com calculated how many years of work are required to make $1 million in 102 countries worldwide while earning an average wage. Average wage. There you go. Here's what we found. American workers need 19 years and 10 months to earn $1 million. 19 years and 10 months. Ranks the United States in fourth place over, overall. Eight years faster than Canada, five years slower than Switzerland. Think about this. Oh, by the way, earning $1 million will require 500 years of work in Nigeria, Uganda, Egyptian, Egypt, and Pakistan. Sorry, which I thought was also interesting. So Americans in basically 20 years will make a million dollars. So if everybody makes a million dollars, where is that million dollars? The average income per person is like forty-five, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year in America. That's the average income. So you, you ask yourself, where is all of that million dollars going? And if you could save some portion of that million dollars, then where would you be? But even one step ahead or forward or beyond, I guess beyond's the best word for that, beyond that statement is, what if you invested that money? Well, there you go. This is what the real secret is that I've been trying to get out for 33 years. Most people, even if they save, even if they have a good job and make more than the average income, because this is the average person takes 20 years. If the average person makes 50,000 bucks a year and they get there in 20 years, what does it take someone else that makes much, much more? In fact, let's do that math real quick. That's an interesting point. Let's see if we can pull that up quick enough to make that not uninteresting on the radio, if we can keep talking while we do that. So let's take a million dollars, right? And let's say that you make $200,000 a year. 200, one, two. Uh, that would be five years to make a million bucks. So, I mean, that's really a very short period of time to make a million dollars. So, why are people not retired? Why are people not rich? And it all comes down to what you're doing with that money. And everybody has this belief, this argument that they're living at the bare existence of what they could live when it's not true. 90% of the people I know, you know, there's some people that are starving out there, but 90% of the people I've met, even, you know, family members, when we go to family reunions and stuff like that, they're just 
The word is devastated. Their life is just a ruin. It's a life of quiet desperation, as I always call it. They're just barely getting by. You know, spending the money that they make, every paycheck they make it, paycheck to paycheck. So, well, Del, isn't that what you have to do? You know, we barely have what we want. No, you barely have what you want because you spend way more than you should. Now, if you could start saving, and, you know, this is hundreds of years of people's history talking about this. In fact, I have somebody sent me an email about this. I'll share it later. Is that this has been in been around for hundreds of years that people have talked about savings and they talk about saving 10 percent that's because that came out of the richest man in babylon i guess um well wherever it started this 10 percent savings and the point i made 30 years ago when i first started teaching this to people was look think about yourself as a kid you or even even adult let's talk about it two different ways i'm sorry i had two thoughts at the same time the first one is as a kid you make no money at all. You live off your parents. All of a sudden, you get a job. What do you do with all the money? You didn't have money the day before. Now you've got money, and yet you spend it all. What if you just start taking that money or half of that money that you made that you never had before and saved it and invested it? I found that if you take a portion of what you earn and you invest it every single month and then eventually every single year. How do you do that? Well, you put the money in the savings account every single month and when you get enough money, you buy another rent house. And if you do that, I did it two and a half years later, I retired and was a millionaire within that period of time or sometime thereabouts right after. I don't remember exactly, but that's how you do it. When you make a little bit more, you just don't spend that extra little bit more, right? The second way to look at it is this. What if the government came in and said, we're going to tax you an additional 10%. Taxes just went up. You would pay it, and you would survive. There's no doubt. You would survive, and you would pay that extra 10%. And my point to you is if the government can do that to you and take away the 10% and you still survive, why can't you take the 10% away from yourself? So you're making this money and you're striving to work harder to make more money, to put more money in the politicians' pockets and their friends' pockets, because you know that's what's happening with it. And yet you won't right now stop taking that 10% and save it and invest it for yourself so that someday you could be wealthy and successful and financially secure. Even, you know, you get to the point where you're financially secure enough that even if the government messes with you, you know, you can still survive. Quality of lifestyle, right? I have financial success because I watch my financial investments. I watch what I do financially instead of just letting it happen. So here's a... Interesting little uh, email that came to me, and the guy's responding to uh, being a member, just signing up, and what he's run into in the past and what, what we need to help him get over. And I'm not using any names or anything because I didn't ask to use this, by the way. So uh, it says, in my adult life, I've always wanted to eventually own real estate so that I have passive income streams in retirement. So there he is. His whole life, he's wanted to do this. He understands he wants passive income streams. But 
had the mindset that it was far off, and I never progressed towards that goal. So he never even tried for it because it seemed so far away, he never even tried. I liked a lot of what you said, but the concept of using leverage scared me. Uh, the far out of me becoming scared me, uh, scared the tar out of me. I'm sorry, because I worked for a restaurant management company that had to file Chapter 11, a restaurant management company. Uh, do you know restaurants go out of business like every day? That the concept of a restaurant is a, is a business that doesn't need to exist, that people don't have to use. There's no requirement for that. And it's the, one of the hardest businesses to run. I mean, it's employee-centric. It's um, everything that you don't want a business to be, seasonal, et cetera, et cetera. He goes on eventually closed half of its restaurants. So there you go. This company he worked for uh, closed up half the restaurants in 2008-2009 due to what I view as reckless use of leverage. So now this is a lot of people's fears, leverage. When you go and borrow money that doesn't produce income, then that's that's a problem. And we've got a lot of leverage problems now in commercial real estate because people went and borrowed money on properties they paid too much for. So the return on investment is almost nothing. And when you have a return on investment that's almost nothing, then what happens is uh, if anything happens like a hiccup in our business, the hiccup was taxes went up radically, property taxes, insurance went up radically, and interest rates went up radically all at the same time. Now, that's a catastrophe for people that are living on just a razor, razor thin margin of profit there. I got it out. But for the rest of us who make tons of money with our real estate, it was, you know, just something that comes along and happens. Over a period of time, as those things go up, we raise our rents, goes back and forth, inflation occurs, uh, all that stuff gets more expensive because we keep raising rents. And because we keep raising rents, the government says the value of our asset is higher because we have more rents, so they tax us more. Hurricanes are another story. They happen, occur, so all of the, you know, the Gulf Coast states, you know, have higher insurance now, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So there it is. The restaurant business just doesn't stand up to the real estate business. Now, the real estate business has its failures when people do it wrong. The restaurant business has its successes when people do it right. But the one thing is the fear leverage itself is the wrong thing. So I used to have this story I used to talk about with Dave Ramsey. And I said, Dave Ramsey, you're ruining people's lives. And I always wanted him to bring me on a show or me have him on my show so we could argue over this. He's changed about 90% of what he talks about now in his show because he used to say he hated real estate, he hated leverage, he hated this, hated that, da, da, da. And I said, look, Dave, you tell people not to use leverage because you're afraid of it, because it destroyed your life. But what you have to understand is that you had bad leverage. He admits he did it all wrong. And I guess he thinks he's the smartest guy in the world that everybody else is going to do it wrong, too, just because he was stupid. He talks about creditors being bad people. They're just people wanting to get their money back, Dave. But I looked at it this way and I said, look, here's the way I see it. 
let's say, for instance, when I was younger and I had my, my daughter, she was a young kid, and uh, she wanted to get a car at 16. I said, no, you can't have a car. You can't learn to drive. You're never going to learn to drive. Cars are dangerous. They're terrible. I've had multiple car accidents, and I just don't want you to go through that in your life. So no car. You can ride a bike the rest of your life. Well, that's basically what Dave Ramsey's saying to people. You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. We haven't figured out how to use leverage like successful, functional people do. And because we're too dumb to figure it out, we just got to not use leverage. We'll just ride a bike. We'll pay cash for everything. And that was his message for years. I don't, he's changed it a little bit now. But I'm just telling you, if I hadn't pounded him into the dirt, he wouldn't have changed his message. And the reality is, is that you can't fear leverage. If you want to be wealthy, you're going to have to embrace leverage. But can re- leverage take you down? Yeah. You need to fear stupidity is what you need to fear. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. When you look at the effects of what happened in 2008 and you compare it to what we are hopefully coming out of right now, real estate has definitely shown its resiliency. It has provided for people not only a place to live, but a place to work, a place to raise their children, a place to teach their children, a place to prepare all of their meals. And that's really where the rubber meets the road, is that there are are two things that people have to have, and they strive very hard to have them. And that's a roof over their head and food on the table. And if you are investing in something related to either of those two things, you are going to have a winning strategy. And in addition to that, you're providing something of value to the people around you. And creating a win-win situation while creating wealth and passive income for yourself is the best life you can get. Real estate is resilient. You should have real estate in your portfolio. Join us for the next live online free workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Before we went to break, we were reading an email from a guy uh, who was afraid to invest, although he's wanted to invest. He understood that investing would be the you know, the possible way for him to get where he wants to be financially. He was just afraid and he was afraid of leverage. So I'm going to finish the rest of the email because he kind of takes an about face in here. And I want to see if it makes help, may help you in thinking this through a little bit also. He says, I have mulled over this for the past year and have come to the realization that one of the big differences between my experience in 2008 and nine and what you advocated for is that you're, you leverage to invest in assets that are necessities of life. There you go. He's got it. 
that people still need during hard times, whereas eating out at a restaurant is really a luxury that people tend to reduce or cut out entirely during tough times. Probably the second time I listened to your show, you were talking about the book Richest Man in Babylon and the principle of having your money work for you. This caught my attention because my grandfather, who grew up in the Great Depression, gave me a copy of this book when I was 11 and advised me to study it and apply its principles in my life. I've read it multiple times in the years since, and my wife and I are finally ready to put it to work. Well, there you go, guys. Let's just start with The Richest Man in Babylon. If you haven't read that book, you need to read it. It's been on my reading list for 33 years. I've read it many, many times. I raised my kids on it. All four of our kids uh, have been read that book. We read it as family together. We made them discuss each and every chapter about what was important about it. And what it does, it breaks down financial principles of life in parables, which are really easy stories where they make a point out of a story, which is like the Bible. It's all parables. And it's not like the Bible in that it's religious in any way. It's just easy reading. But the points are very, very powerful. And I really think you should read it. The next point I want to make from that is his grandfather gave it to him, who came out of the recession. These principles haven't changed for hundreds of years. They're the same. You know, there's a difference between an opinion, a theory, and a principle. Um, You will beat yourself to death trying to go against true life's principles. You can try to say they're wrong and try to go against them over and over and over again, but the principles always come back and win. There's an old story about a, a ship, and I'm making all this up now, so if the story sounds a little different from what you've heard it, but the bottom line is there was a big giant uh, ship, naval ship, destroyer, and it was cruising along in the night one time, and one of the mates came up to the to the admiral and said, Admiral, sir, there's a, there's a, a light over here to in front of us. And he said, well, signal for that ship or boat to, to, to move away from us to the left, you know, whatever. And they have names for it like port and, you know, stern and all that stuff, whatever it is. They, they've used all these technical terms. I don't know. But they said, you know, move, move aside, move aside. And the light flashed back, no, you move aside. And so they were using, you know, these flashing lights to do SOS or whatever, not SOS, but um, that type of uh, signal response. And uh, so the, the captain, or it was an admiral, says, Report back. This is the USS, you know, military, I will kill you, giant ship. And if you don't move, we're going to blow you out of the water. And he said, you didn't move. And uh, the other light signaled back, I'm a lighthouse. (laughs) If you don't move, you're going to run ashore. (laughs) So the bottom line is, is you can you can be as tough as you want and say, I'm not going to believe these principles in life and I'm not going to stick by them. There's a new way you can make money. There's online gambling is what it basically is. You can get this currency and these bitcoins and this and that and come up with all this stuff, guys, all this stuff that you think is going to be different, the world has changed. The world hasn't changed a bit. You've got greedy people, and you've got regular people, and you've got smart people. Regular people are 
on the treadmill every day or in the uh, sitting in their cubicle, living a life of quiet desperation. The greedy people are out there taking money any way they can take it, fast and furious. Unfortunately, what goes up fast must come down fast. And the principle of life is if you continue to injure other people, you're eventually going to pay the price. Live by the sword, die by the sword. I learned that one when I was a young kid, man. If you're going to go out there and live by hacking away at the world, the world's going to hack away back at you. And then there's the smart people. Those people learn the principles of life. And they learn to use the principles of life to get them where they want to go. So what are the principles here? Have a job. Earn a living. Stay with that job until something better comes along and is safe and secure. Save some percentage, 10% is what they talk about in The Richest Man of Babylon. I saved 50%. You say, Dell, how did you save 50%? I say 50% by never letting my expenses exceed 50% of my income. Just it's that simple. Say, no, no, you, your expenses are what they are, and the income is what ends up being. No, no. The expenses are what you make them. The income is whatever the world's willing to give you. You get the income first, you create the expenseless second. Boy, that's easy. A lot of dumb people out there can't see that. And then, last, you have to invest wisely. Been the richest man in Babylon, it talks about don't give your money to someone who doesn't know what they're doing with it great part one of the great parables you know don't give your money to someone that doesn't know what they're doing with it invest your money somewhere that you know it's going to work you've got to get with the guys and gals out there that know how this works and if you don't it's going to be like everybody else out there and this happens all the time even happens in our group um there was just a another group out there that had a guy that we had come here, we wouldn't let him stay. We asked him to leave. There's mutual agreement to leave because he was doing unethical things, or at least things that didn't make sense to us. They were going to be risky in the long run. He went to another group. They took him in. He raised massive amounts of capital, did massive deals, and just last week, he lost it all. 2.2 I was like $220 million worth of real estate was lost. Thousands of units. And it was all these people's money in this other group that invested in this guy's deal. And so, you know, that's what happens. And I, I think you should know that that's out there. You should be aware of that. Now, you say, well, how did that not happen to us? Well, there are things you can look at. And... You know, I, I always go back to the sports teams. I go, these guys spend mega millions of dollars to take these super athletes, superhuman people to play these sports. I, I look at basketball because there's only five guys on the court at a time. There's only 10 guys on the whole team. And he's like, every single one of these people is a superhuman. You could just outdo the average person thousand to one in what they do. And yet they lose. All of them but one team loses. And that wouldn't be so bad, but the same teams win every year. So, well, what is the difference? Well, there's a culture in the teams that win, and there is a coaching culture in the teams that win. 
And they follow these principles that lead to winning. And I'm not going to go into all their principles. I could go through it with you, but I'm not because I'm going to go through the financial stuff. Financially, there is a way to start businesses that's way more successful than the average person's business acumen. Say, well, how do you prove that? Well, the fact that I retired in two and a half years and that hundreds, mm, I think it's thousands of people now have retired out of Lifestyles Unlimited over the 33 years we've been in business. But even more important than that is you have to think about this. Winners compared to losers compared to the average. Three different kinds of people. Losers, average, winners. Okay. Winners mean that they figured it out, how to be the best, how to do it better than anybody else. Well, in 2006, I won the Houston Apartment Association Real Estate Investor of the Year Award. Best investor, IRO, independent owner, investor in Houston. I went on in 2007 to win the National Apartment Association Investor of the Year, 2007. And um, we uh, have strived to teach people to be good enough to win that award. Now, to win that award, you have to understand you have to win a local award like the Houston Apartment Association or the Dallas Apartment Association or the San Antonio Apartment Association or any of them all over the country. And then you go to the state competition, then you go to the national. Now, you can skip around. You can't skip right to the national. I went from the local to the national and won it. But the bottom line is, is that there are 44,000 independent real estate owners, a part of the National Apartment Association. Now, these are not all the big apartment complex companies. These are owners like you and me. And they have a separate award for individuals, IRO, independent real estate owners. That's what it's called. 44,000 people. And one of our Lifestyles members has won that award each and every year for 16 years in a row. Now, think about that. A Lifestyles member has been the number one investor for 16 years in a row. Now, probably number two, number three, number eight, number 10, number 15 were also Lifestyles members because they're all doing the same thing. They're all following the same principles that work. And so the top 10 people are Lifestyles members because they're just so much better than everybody else. These are the pros. And then there's everybody else. And so every year they're faced with, well, which Lifestyles member is it? Now, they don't know their Lifestyles members, by the way, when they pick them. They're just people, you know. But every year we've got three or four or five guys in the running. And every year one of those three, four or five guys wins. And everybody else is just all that. You don't see these other people. Now, there's guys that's been out of the business for a while. He decided to get back in and start doing uh doing it again. He put out a press release the other day that he's going to start again. He made the claim that he was the first guy ever, and by the way, he was a Lifestyles member when he did this, to win both the Houston, the Texas, and the National Apartment Association. He did it the year after I did it, but he says he's the first guy that ever did it. Well, the only thing he did different than I did was after I won the Houston, I went right to the National, and I didn't go back to do the Texas. He won the Houston, won the National, then figured it was important to go back and win the Texas one the year after. Right. So basically, he did it after I did it, but he's claiming he's the first guy that ever did it. Okay, that's fine. Another guy sent me an email the other day and said, well, 
you realize there's three of us that have actually won all three of those awards out of Houston. And it was interesting because he named off three people himself included in one of them. And then I realized, wait, this isn't all the people have done this. We went back and looked it up. There's seven Lifestyles members that have won both the Houston Department Association, the National Department Association, or the Texas Department Association, and the National Department Association, and or some other combination of the three. Seven people in 16 years have won it all. Think about that when you make a decision where you want to trust your financial future. Have a great day. And remember, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.